Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Slice of Cheese with Jenny Linford on Food FM. Enhance your cheese board with Peter's Yard sourdough crackers this Christmas. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. Hello. Welcome to A Slice of Cheese, the Food FM radio series that celebrates the world of cheese. I'm Jenny Linford, a food writer and cheese enthusiast, the author of Great British Cheeses. Cheese is a delicious and fascinating food, and we're setting out to explore this remarkable food and share the stories of the people who make, sell and love it. Cheese always makes me happy. And this week on A Slice of Cheese, we're looking at cheese for celebrations, which seems a joyous subject to me. And we're talking to Johnny Crickmore, maker of Baron Bygod, founder of Fen Farm Dairy in Suffolk, and Dan Bliss, cheese buyer for renowned cheesemongers Paxton and Whitfield. Online, on smart speakers, and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Savour the crunch of Peter's Yard sourdough crackers. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. This morning on A Slice of Cheese, very happy to have with me today Johnny Crickmore of Fen Farm Dairy. Good morning, Johnny. Hi, Jenny. So nice to have you on the show. This week, Johnny, we're sort of looking at the idea of, of cheese for Christmas and celebrating with cheese. But I also wanted to get a sense across of the hard work from a cheesemaker's, you know, that cheesemakers are doing in order to get cheese ready for Christmas. I mean, it must be quite a sort of, do you have to really scale up your production? We do. It, 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 it's it's challenging because you've got to like try and get far more cheese than you could possibly produce in a day ready for christmas day but yeah there's ways of doing it um but it for for, i mean for us it it goes with with every cheese you you, the cheese is matured at a slightly different age and therefore christmas for some cheeses are much earlier than ours but ours our christmas period is really sort of about the 5th of october through till the end of november um, right. Well, you see, so you're cranky. And how do you how, give us a sense of how much percentage do you have to scale up production by? Is is, is considerable, is it? Um, well, we just make as much as we could possibly make. That is as simple <laughs> as that. We can't. We can't. We we fill everything up. We do. Right. We can't. We, we this year is our our the first year we've we we realised last year we were getting close to what we could actually produce. Um, right. And and this year 
this year we 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 knew it we, we were never going to be able to produce the demand what what was required of our cheese so hmm. um so for for us christmas kind of started we put it in the diary first of september and that was when our our planning stage of of how much cheese we were going to have available and how much you know everybody wanted and we tried to we've tried to um make it so everybody gets something and um you know so it's trying to be fair all all around but yeah it, it starts out with us i mean this might be boring this bit but but we have to try and predict first of all when the cows calve and then mm-hmm. how much milk those cows going to give at which you know each day so we we yes. have a forecast on milk production first of all right yep and from the milk we then understand how many kilograms of cheese we can get from that milk and this is based on solids like fat and protein um mm-hmm. how much fat and protein the cows are going to give at certain weeks of the year and we can then reasonably accurately predict how much cheese we're going to make in that period of time and then once we've once we've made that cheese or, or once we've um predicted you know once we've predicted what we're going to make we then we then start asking customers like what would you ideally want for christmas yeah and then once we get that back we can then try to fit the two together and this is before we even started making it <laughs> it does sound a lot of that sounds quite complicated yes a lot of logistics then being weighed up and mm. and presumably also relationships with with your customers that you want to support and who want your cheese and you want to uh, but I do but I'm guessing do your customers understand that you know there's just by the nature of your cheese production on your farm from your own milk there's no you can't wave a magic wand and magically make <laughs> hundreds more is that no. kind of, they accept that presumably they know that yeah i mean you've just got to you know you ex- you have to accept that what we do is we make a cheese from a farm and we could buy in milk and we could make a lot more cheese if we wanted to but we choose not to do that because mm. that's just how we want to run our business we want our cheese to be the milk unique from the cows from the farm fen farm and we make Baron Bygod from that milk and it's and and therefore you can't you know it makes the product unique and, and yes and, and special yeah 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 which is a really interesting point and so Johnny in a way it sounds fantastic that there's so much demand for your cheese is that that must be quite rewarding that you've started the you know, your story of how you started making cheese was because you wanted to add value to your milk and carry on as a dairy farmer and you made this new a cheese that was very hard to make you know British version of brie and and it wasn't and took a lot of work and energy. And yet here you are, you know, X years down the line, with, I suppose, more demand than you can supply, which is pretty impressive, actually. It, it is. I, I sometimes have to kick myself and just, you know, it's hard to believe sometimes that we are in this position where we can't make enough of it. And I don't know, it, it's been it's been a long journey. It's not been it's not happened overnight. It's been hard no. work the last last eight years. But yeah, um, but you 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 know it, it's it people want consistently good cheese that's as simple as it you know mm-hmm. you just want the cheese to be good all the time and that's that's what you've got to try and aim for um consistency yes um that's our been our goal for for years and and gradually as you as the years roll by you keep chipping away at that stuff you know that those why does the cheese not taste so good now question you know mm-hmm. and then you you go away and you try to find the answers and gradually you just you just keep perfecting it little by mm. little i mean we've still got 
we've still got a little way to go. We, you know, there's never, there's never the perfect cheese. There's always something what you could do to improve it. Well, you know, in a way, that's going to keep it interesting for you because I think if it was too easy for you, you'd, you'd get a bit bored, I suppose, in a way. Yeah, <laughs> God, I, I, I remember the days of boredom. Oh, I, seem, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind that back again now and again. Uh, no, I mean, I was just thinking about this, Julia, because it, tell me the, your cheese Baron Bygod, which perhaps we should describe to listeners in case they haven't tried it. Mm. But I, so tell us about the weight, but also tell me the sort of time frame, because I was interested, because it's quite a young cheese, isn't it? So you don't, if we were talking to a cheddar maker, they would be working, I don't know, a year, depending on the age they sell their cheese at, a month, nine months ahead or a year and a half ahead. Mm. And But you've got a much shorter time frame, haven't you, for, for the cheeses yeah. from making to selling. Talk, talk us through that. Yeah. So, so we've got. Well, I, I think it, it, w- the way it works with us is we've got three different sizes. Um, we've got a three kilogram size, which is the traditional Brie de Mo, and mm-hmm. then we've got a one kilo cheese, which works better for restaurants. And then you've got this two hundred and fifty gram size, which is good for retail and um, you know, and um, like gifts, hampers, that kind of yeah. thing. And what what happens is. The way we do it is that the large cheese is the slowest maturer. So it works brilliantly for us that we start off making a lot of large cheeses, the three kilogram mm-hmm. cheese, um, because it takes longest to mature. And then we go yeah. on to the one kgs and then we go on to the 250 grams. And then Brilliant. they all kind of, they, they, I mean, we didn't do it on purpose like it was going to make Christmas easier. It, it just sort of one thing led to the next. But it does really help us in, you know, in production that we can... Mm lengthen the christmas period you know for most you know so give us months. a sense of the time scale so if a three kilogram baron bygold how long mm. does that have what sort of shelf life does that have on it compared to a well, 250 well, gram yeah i mean it, again it depends a little bit on the the moisture of the cheese on the day but um yeah. you're roughly looking at about six to seven weeks we will sell that cheese on and then right. we're expecting the cheese to be one, two, three weeks before it's eaten. So, uh-huh. so we'll we 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 understand our customers as to who who the customer is, is when they're going to sell the cheese to the end customer, mm-hmm. um, and and we uh, yeah we 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 try and make it so all of the cheeses fit. So when you eat it, it's it's the right right ripeness. Um, yes. But, but but for me, a three kilogram cheese, I'm looking for like 60, 70, 75 days. That to me is in the in the area you want to eat it. And then right. the one kgs, you're probably edging back a bit, maybe one week earlier. And then the two fifty gram, um, probably you're looking at um, when you want to eat it, probably around six to seven weeks for a, right. a gooey gooey um, cheese. Yes. Yes, because of course it's got that lovely the texture. I've seen your cheese, and sometimes it's sort of it's practically sort of climbing off the counter, depending yeah. on how ripe it is. And uh, I mean, absolutely delicious. And one of the, the other thing we're talking about, Johnny, on on this episode, we're talking about sort of cheese for this special cheese for Christmas. Mm. And you have not only got your lovely Baron Bygod with its, but you've done a rather clever thing, I think, and you've you've got a, a rather luxurious version of it. Tell tell me about that. Oh right, yes. So this is the uh, the truffled baron. So um, so inspired by the the way the French brie is, um, is sliced in straight through the middle, a bit like a hamburger, and and it, and in the middle goes um, like a, a very high fat, sort of creamy kind of um, either it's a cheese or it's um, something like mascarpone or mm-hmm. creme fraiche, and then with that is mixed truffles. And we just thought we'd do our own take on that. And we've done it. This is now our third Christmas. And I, it's surprising how long it takes for the word to get around about a new product. But it, it's well and truly sort of like this Christmas, it's 
everybody knows about it and we're, we're getting some really big orders for the truffle fantastic truffle yes barren, but... so do you like so then you've got the essential things so you've got this i mean i love truffles so i'm totally sort of mm. I mean, oh it sounds glorious what well, describe it to us and then you've, so you've got the, the the i suppose in a way the sort of acidity of the cheese but then this very rich sort of you know full flavor of the truffles in the middle mm. is that how mm. it is it a good it's a good combination then yeah i i think it's um i think it's a, i think the secret's actually the mascarpone what we make I think I think the um, you know putting the we, we have a, like an Italian truffle and yeah. and we we mix that in with the mascarpone a day before we put it into the cheese oh. um, and we we make the mascarpone on the farm so it's all from our own milk yeah. and uh, and it's uh, again it's raw raw cream um, mm, and full of flavour yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty intense it's yeah. um yeah it's sort of if you like really full on big flavours then. That's that's the cheese to go for. Yeah, that sounds really delicious. So people have discovered the joys of truffle baron, then have they? And the, your customers are are you yeah. know, calling for it. I, th- I think it's a, it's one of those cheeses where you, you know you you just want you want some extra specialness for Christmas, don't you? So you, you know it's it really fits that. Um, it's so nice that you can use your own mascarpone in it, isn't it? I mean, that's a brilliant. That again, that must be very satisfying, Johnny. I, I think we when we sort of look, researched and looked into it. It, the obvious thing is to just buy the stuff and mix it with truffle and put it in our cheese. It's the easiest thing to do, but but that just that that didn't feel right with our with our our business and what we stand for. So there, there didn't seem any any choice in the matter. We had to make it. So um, so yeah, we embarked on that. I mean, actually, it, we actually sell the mascarpone in its own right now. Um, yes. It was it was never the intention to like make mascarpone to sell, but it was only ever meant for the truffle. But oh. Oh, that's um, so interesting because I sort of assumed it the other way around that you had mascarpone and thought, oh, but it's, no. it came from that. Oh wow, that's brilliant! Yeah, it, it was just kind of by mistake, really. Um, or just someone, <laughs> I think one of our customers just said, "Why don't you just sell mascarpone?" And I thought, actually, you got a point. We could. Yeah. It's very easy. We just put it in pots. <laughs> Yes, nice. Well, that's great. I mean, and it keeps well, doesn't it? So you've got a different... I mean, that's interesting thing about your... As a farm-based business, you've now got a range of... You know, you've got your a lovely butter and you've got your mascarpone mm. and you've got your skier, haven't you? So you've got this sort of... You've got, you're getting a real sort of dairy as well as the cheeses. The, uh, you've then got this dairy range yeah. around it. Well, I think I think the way we the way it came about is that our sort of main product is Baron Bygod, the cheese, and that's that's what our biggest focus is on more than anything. But when you've got a herd of cows, the milk keeps coming, so you try to have other products which complement the cheese. So you've got you've always got to remember there's weekends and there's periods of the time when there's too much milk, and mm. uh, so having butter complements cheese because it's a quick easy way of like separating milk at weekends and you've got buckets of cream which you can then turn into butter during the week but then you've got the byproducts of the butter which is skim milk which then is the is where the skier comes in so you, you kind of get byproducts of byproducts of byproducts if that makes sense <laughs> yes um, yeah. but the, the, they all complement each other uh, that, that's that's the thing that's the key it's not done on a whim like we Oh, woke up one day and we, we we've got to make yes. skier yogurt. Every you know, it's all been thought. It's got through. a place. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. really interesting. Yeah, which seems very sensible. And so Christmas, what is it like from the point of view of a cheese? Is it is it a period that you? I used to work in a bookshop, Johnny, and and mm-hmm. Christmas was this amazing. I'd never realised how how important Christmas was. 
to the sort of economy of bookselling until mm. I worked in a bookshop and you know, the madness began, you know, September, all the big titles yeah. come out in the autumn, the coming, you get massive stock. Books invariably yeah. used to go um, out of print, all the best sell. The BBC would never print enough copies and we'd, uh, and their best selling thing would go out and you know, be reprinting. You have to explain to customers the concept of reprinting and unavailability, which was not good. So, so, but it was sort of really exciting. So it was really pressurizing, really stressful. But also, but when it, but there was something very exciting about selling lots and lots of books. What yeah. is that like that for you, you know, oh, as a, as a I, cheese maker? I, yeah, exactly the same. I, I, I think you get this. You, you, you get this worrying um, sort of point of the of the year where where the um, you're looking at all of your stores, your maturing room stores, and you're thinking, you know, how are we going to shift all that cheese? This is so scary. We've just put yeah. so much money into cheese, and yeah. then like it starts rolling out the door, and 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 it's just the the sheer amount of it what goes out in that period of time. It, everyone, you can't help it. Everyone on the farm is really excited about it, and just getting that right to the Christmas Eve almost to the you know mm. with our own little our, our little shop out, out the front of the farm and people are queuing and getting cheesy products and yeah. you know, all, all of their things for Christmas. Something really fun about it. I think yeah. for, for us, I think we're all, we, we, we get to Christmas Day and we're so knackered, we just all fall asleep. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> I can totally imagine that. It used to be the same for me. I used to, um, my um, my then boyfriend's um, family would invite me for Christmas and I'd get a train and shut the shop on Christmas Eve and mm. get onto a train. And then just, it was so nice to sort of go somewhere and be, and she'd cook this one, you know, they cooked a wonderful Christmas lunch. And, yeah. and I just sort of collapsed and then had to go back and do stock taking. But yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you probably had a glass of wine in there too. That doesn't help. You sometimes nod off with that, don't you? So. Exactly. Oh, well, listen, so Johnny, that was lovely. Thank you for taking the time because it is a busy time of year. So I really appreciate having you even more busy than normal. So thank you, Johnny. That was lovely. No, it's, it's been good fun. Thanks, good. Johnny. I'm a huge fan of Peter's Yard's crackers and they always feature on my Christmas cheese board. All Peter's Yard's crackers are made in small batches using quality natural ingredients and their sourdough starter, slowly fermented for 16 hours for award-winning flavour and crunch. Visit petersyard.com forward slash shop, enter the code slice of cheese at the checkout to receive 25% off your first order. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Enhance your cheese board with Peter's Yard sourdough crackers this Christmas. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. Before we go on exploring the world of cheese, here's news of another Food FM programme that I think you'd really enjoy. Thank you, Jenny. Well, I'm David, the host of The Drinking Hour here on Food FM. Each week we explore the wonderful world of wine, spirits and beer, all things that make wonderful pairings with cheese, of course. We hear from those for whom making drinks is a passion. So after your cheese course, how about you join me for a few drinks? You can find The Drinking Hour with David Kermode on your usual podcast platform and at foodfmradio.com. Now it's back to Jenny and a slice of cheese. This week on A Slice of Cheese, very happy to have with me today, Dan Bliss, who's the cheese buyer for Paxton Whitfield. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Jenny. How are you? I'm very good. And I think you're talking to us from the, the cellars at German Street, your lovely I, old shop. <laughs> I am indeed. So yes, apologies if there's a little bit of background noise. It is a buzz of activity this morning in the German Street cellars. I bet it is. No, no, it's all good. And and Dan, you know, you're very well 
placed and thrilled to have you on the program because this week we're sort of looking at the whole idea of cheeses for celebrations and mm. sort of celebratory cheeses, you know, thinking of Christmas. What I notice is that a lot of people, a lot of the cheese shops I go to will then produce these extra special versions of things that they, either they produce cheeses, new cheeses that, that I haven't come across, Mm-hmm. Or they used to bring up some sort of lovely, you know, extra vintage version of something. Or it's, it is that time of year, isn't it? When you, I suppose, you're guessing from your point of view as a cheese buyer, you're really pushing the boat out. Is that right? Oh, 100%. I know from many years of working in the cheese industry that there are people that you only see once a year over the counter, customers who just come in for their cheese board and they're looking for something maybe a little bit theatrical, definitely something special um, for their, you know, fancy cheese board that they have once a year at Christmas. Mm. Um, so it's about sort of capturing that imagination and that spirit of something celery. And so you presume there must be a lot of work in advance and preparation, don't you? You've got to source the... So you must start thinking yeah. about Christmas, what, what, in spring or even earlier, <laughs> or in January. I mean, when do you... Um, how far ahead you have to start planning so we're in october 2021 and i'm already on christmas 2022 so i've already sort of locked in burns valentine's mother's day i've sort of left easter and father's day on the back boil and jumped into christmas and i'll pick those up in the new year a little bit so yeah you plan well well in advance so Dan, are you sort of thinking, or tell me some of the things that you're thinking about when, you, when you're choosing Christmas cheeses? I mean, is, is it part, are, you, are you trying to find something, something new and exciting for your customers or, or is it sort of lovely versions of classic cheeses? Or Oh, definitely a bit of both, to be honest. I think that yeah. what I want above all else is something incredible and maybe something that someone hasn't tried before. I think that there are some incredible cheeses out there, but increasingly you can find them in supermarkets, in farm shops. So it's about finding that next big thing. Mm. Um, so this year, one of the things that we sourced was a cheese, which is really very famous in Spain and some small delis are, have been selling it in the UK. But there's a cheese called Cromoso, Cañareja de Cromoso, which is a Spanish cheese, which has all of that ooze and goo factor of something like a Mondor, but is made with sheep's milk and is um, made with uh, a cardoon thistle rennet. So it's something really quite unusual that perhaps hasn't been on the wider stage in the UK. And I wanted to take this cheese and really elevate it into a wider audience because it's an absolutely fantastic cheese. It does have theatre because it's fascinating, isn't it? Because it's within, you aim to sort of cut the top off and scoop and dip in. Like the cheese rind is the natural bowl for this beautiful, mm. voluptuous cheese. It's, it's very... A, um, yeah, it's incredible. It's a definite trend that we have seen over the last couple of years is people really wanting to indulge in these scoopable cheeses. So mm. something we're getting out asked increasingly for is something that either you bake or is sort of gooey at room temperature that you can dip things in and play with and scoop and share. That's interesting. And I think what I like about the, the Cremoso, uh, which I'm not pronouncing as beautifully as you are, Dan, but it was it had um, that little, you know, the cardoon, it's a little touch of bitterness, but not in a bad way, in a lovely, I think it just saved it from being almost too uh, too oozy and gooey. It's just got this little, there's an elegance to it, isn't there, in terms of the flavour, I thought. I always think it's the sign of a, a true artisan cheesemakers when they're able to balance those profiles within a cheese because so many more commercial cheeses are looking for big salty flavours, sweet flavours, umami flavours, whereas artisan cheeses can have this amazing blend of a little bit of bitterness, perhaps a little bit of acidity or sourness, depending on the style they're wanting to make, that really sort of counterbalances the sweet cheeses and makes them all that more interesting. Yeah, that's a very good word, yeah. Interesting cheese. Um, so what are some of the other, so this year, what are you offering customers for Paxton Whitfield then? 
one of my uh, absolute favourites that we've discovered over the last year is a cheese called Schnebelhorn, which is... <laughs> I think you I know, just like I, saying that. <laughs> I, I love the name, especially because, I, you know, I go into training with the team and I'm like, this is Schnebelhorn. Um, <laughs> it's named after a local mountain peak. So like the Matterhorn, this is the Schnebelhorn, um, and it's local to the dairy where the cheese is made in Switzerland. Um, so it's not as bizarre a name as you may immediately think. Um, but uh, Comtes, Gruyers, Beauforts, these are all wonderful Alpine styles, really big, wonderful cheeses that people love at this time of year. And I wanted something that a little bit extra special. So this is quite an unusual cheese and that it's based on cheeses like that or like an Appenzeller, but it's made with added cream. So it's a double cream Alpine cheese, which wow. is taking two of those wonderful styles of cheeses and com combining them into something really quite special and unique. And it is rich and savoury and the flavour just goes, on and on and on and it has a little bit of a washed rind dry brush rind to it and therefore you get this really wonderful like succulency to the cheese it's got a little bit of pungency it's rich it's salty it's sweet it's got that little bit of crystalline nature to it because of how it's aged so yeah it's that's really special and I think again something a little bit different on your cheese board if you're going to mm. celebrate then maybe try something new indulge yourself in something a bit different and that's a really good point isn't it because it's very easy to get stuck in Oh, you know, play safe, I suppose, mm -hmm. in a way, isn't it? And just go, oh, I, I know I like that, I'll have that. But actually, you know, and you and I know, there's, there's so many cheeses out there and there's so many wonderful cheeses out there. And actually, you know, exploring and, and getting in, you know, this is how you get a new favourite, isn't it, by, by trying it. How do you persuade your customers this time of year? Do you, is it that sort of tasting the whole process where when you go to a lovely cheesemongers like Paxton's, you get, you, you know, people are talking to you, the staff will ask, will guide you in a way, don't they? They offer advice mm -hmm. and thoughts and tastings. Is that how it very much... Does that come into play? Yeah, in person to person, sort of over the counter sales, that's definitely um, the main way that we do it. It's about trusting our amazing team of cheesemongers to really sort of get enthused about the product and then want to, you know, get so excited that they want to tell every customer about all the new cheeses. But we've definitely had challenges over the last couple of years as there hasn't been the same opportunity to have face-to-face -face sales. We've really mm. had to experiment with how do we go about telling these amazing stories and describing these amazing cheeses through other methods. Um, so very active on social media, but also have had videos on our website explaining sort of the taste profiles of cheeses. We like to do blogs, sort of um, highlighting cheesemakers. Uh, we have cheesemakers come into the shop to um, to give training to our team as well as do tastings with uh, people who pop into the shop just so that we can create as much of a all-round experience as we can. Um, because if you can't pop to Paxton's and you want to order online, then we still want to make sure you get a really wonderful experience. Yeah, that's very interesting. This whole you know, which has been very useful in a way, this moving of cheese selling online, which does mm. really open it up. I mean, the joy is it just does just mean that people all over the country can buy wonderful cheeses from one, you know, from several wonderful cheese shops that are now got, you know, very good online shops. Um, mm. It is, but it, yes, but then of course, you know, and I'm a real, I sort of, I love going to shops and I love going to yeah, cheese shops too. because, so yeah, so it's trying to keep that, that specialness. We've talked about European cheese for Christmas. There must be some wonderful British cheeses that again, you would showcase at Paxton for Christmas. 
Well, our biggest seller by far at Christmas every year is our Paxton Whitfield Stilton. So I do need to name check that one probably because, <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be Christmas without it. And we sell sort of six tons or something in the run up to Christmas. It's an incredible amount of cheese from German Street. Um, but we obviously want to create a balanced board. You can have half a Stilton, but everyone wants something a bit more too. Uh, this year, we have been working with Tom Calver at Westcombe Dairy to create a Westcombe Reserve. So, so often cheeses like cheddars are thought of very much like a lunchtime cheese or, you know, a cheese that you just want for a cheese sauce. And then we herald the uh, continental cheeses for our special cheese boards. And that's often to do with age. You know, we age Comtes and the mm. like for much longer. So we wanted to create a reserve. We wanted to, we go and select every batch of cheddar that we sell, but we wanted to find a cheese or a batch of cheese that we could then age longer, take sort of that two year plus age profile and create something a little bit different so that it is special, but it's still championing an incredible British cheesemaker who at the end of the day is still using all of those same traditional techniques and wonderful raw milk um, products that, that you find in continental cheeses but are just as special from England. Yes, that's, I mean, absolutely. I mean, a, a good, you know, a wonderful farmhouse cheddar is mm. is a thing of beauty, isn't it? And totally it really deserves is. its place on a on a set of cheese board. So the Westcombe Reserve, what 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 would it be like compared to Tom's normal cheese? Has it just got? Is it a bit drier because it's older? What happens in that sort of aging process? It is. It about? is. Yeah, it is drier because it's um, as cheese ages, it loses moisture. That is essentially sort of the arc of cheese making when you're making cheese it's it's often about protecting the moisture within the cheese or evicting it if you're making a hard mm. cheese and then when you then get to the aging of a hard cheese it's then <laughs> trying not to lose too much of it so mm. either keeping it at low temperatures or in humid environments to try and protect the moisture that you have left but then naturally it will it will continue to dry um so it is drier but it's also much sort of richer and deeper in flavor a lot of those umami notes are really concentrated and and it's almost brothy or sort of roast chicken skin in flavour. And it's mm. also um, become more crystalline. There's quite a lot of sweetness has really come out in the cheese as well. Um, and a nice sort of salt level is really big. So it's sort of flavour bursting. It sort of makes your mouth water. And I love the classic Westcombe age profile, but I just think this is something a little bit different and special that I'm quite excited for people to be able to try different age profiles of cheddar on our counters. So we're going to range yeah. everything, not all from the same producer, of course, but on our counters we'll have everything from sort of 12 months to two years plus and actually the difference in those profiles is amazing not only because of their age but also the seasons that they will have been made in will differ cheese to cheese as well so it's quite I mean, an exciting so little experience yes yeah that's a lovely idea I mean it's that because you can hear you know so you can tell me that it tastes different mm. but actually of course nothing beats um be like tasting it for yourself and realizing I mean, you know, I've, I've gone, you know, with cheese tasting, some of you get the, you know, I've had the pleasure of tasting companies at different ages. And mm -hmm. for example, and that is a wonderful, you know, I love, you know, it was actually delicious all the way through, but in different ways. It was sort of fascinating. And just seeing what, what happened as it, you know, as it aged, what happened to the flavour and to the texture. Um, mm. And what about, and there's so many sort of wonderful cheesemakers in Britain. Presumably, Dan, this is a soon away your chance to sort of showcase new talents and, and highlight people doing something new or something different which must be really fun in a way yeah it is really fun I think sort of there's a caveat in that we can't stock everything all of the time and sometimes the difficult part of my job is being able to say okay unfortunately we can't stock that one this yeah. year um yeah. but it's definitely a joy um one of the new cheeses we have this year is called blue cloud it's made by Balkan dairy chris in uh, sussex and it's a really delicious sort of 
sort of nod to gorgonzola, blue cheese made in the UK, and it's very, very small production. Um, he works in old shipping containers, which are sort of a couple of foot away from the dairy on the estate where he works. And he's a very experienced cheesemaker, but set up himself sort of not long before the pandemic, to be honest. And to have the opportunity to go, okay, this cheese is only going to be available on our retail side of our business. So we're not going to be able to wholesale it, but we are going to be able to get his cheese into London and on our German street counters for Christmas. It's, it's really nice to be able to shout about new people and new people in the industry yeah. or people trying something different um yeah and perhaps that you haven't tried before because i do know it's something that people really want all year round but especially at christmas when they come to a cheesemonger's they want to say not only what's tasting great right now but also what's new what haven't i tried um yeah and i'm really excited that this year one of those new things will be blue cloud that's lovely i mean and it's just so interesting, isn't it, that, you know, the importance that a cheesemonger like Paxton's can, the role of shining a light on, on different cheese mm. producers. It's when I used to work in a bookshop and that was, this is making, I used to sort of, um, I managed a branch of Hatchards and it was that whole thing of actually the enthusiasm of, of a bookseller, you know, for books. Mm. It can really sell, sell books, you know, like when I had an author that I loved and I would just go, you know, someone would ask me my advice and I'd go, oh, you know, have you read this? It's so, you know, with genuine enthusiasm and it was, and then the rep would the punches rep because there's days off punching reps so long ago. But they would come mm. and go, "Oh, you've sold another copy of that book, you know, amazing." And and it was and it wasn't, but it was just that really interesting thing of that personal interaction um, and that enthusiasm allows for things to 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 be discovered, I suppose, doesn't it? Oh, it's definitely the case with cheese and cheesemongers as well. I can probably tell just by glancing on sales figures which member of the team was working on which day, just if I know what their favourite <laughs> cheese is. Everyone's got their personal yes. preferences. Um, yeah. I guess one of the joys as well is about finding the new favourite cheeses for the mongers and engaging with mongers that they can. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, they're the spokesperson for the cheese. They're representing the cheese. They're championing the cheese. There's this amazing connection from the person who is who is literally sort of cutting and wrapping that piece of cheese for you when you visit a cheese shop and the cheesemaker they are you know they're the mouthpiece mm. at the end of the day so I can sit here and you know research and go out to cheese fairs and visit cheese makers as much as I like but I still also have to sell it to the monger and tell them why it's amazing too. Yeah I mean it's, it's a wonderful chain and I think that you know it's this interesting thing about Christmas that people it is mm. a time of treats isn't it and this is the time Definitely. when people as you said you're, you're once a year customers who are going to have you know a, the loveliness of a really good cheese board um mm. this cheese and cheese does lend itself really delightfully um to to celebrations i think and this is some as someone i do all the cooking in my household and i love mm -hmm. christmas but it is you know those meals are a lot of work and then the lovely thing about having beautiful cheeses or, or as well as charcuterie is that there's no work <laughs> it's like all yes. the work's been done and um <laughs> That makes it very yeah. that makes it very celebratory for the cook in the household, I think, doesn't it? So definitely. Once upon a time, sort of my role within the family was to bring the cheese board, and now I think it's just assumed that I will bring the cheese board and I get my <laughs> own course to make as well. Ah, yeah, double whammy. And I was going to it's say, double so whammy. yes. And so are you there? You must have your own. So, so is this fun for you when you've got friends over for the Christmas holidays? Do you enjoy giving them wonderful cheeses, Dan? 
definitely i think one of my absolute favorite things to do is show off cheeses so but um bring in lots and lots of cheeses that i found and i like to sort of hold court and tell everyone why they're incredible and you know get excited about them because there is that element of on a day-to-day basis if someone says how was your day and it's going to be very much like oh i did this piece of paperwork and i did that you know a bit of report whereas then you know when you can actually stand up and go no this week i found this incredible cheese and i've fallen in love with the maker and I really want lots of other people to try it and mm. and they've never worked with a you know a bigger cheesemongers before so I really want to sort of help this cheese maker get it to a wider market and to a wider audience and sort of handhold them through that process that it then when it's all come together and it works and it's on the counter then there's a great joy in them being able to you know show it off to my mum it's a bit like your five meter swimming badge isn't it it's like look mum look what I did <laughs> yes my mum is very sweet she but whatever I write she very sweetly reads it and always tells me how how good it is which is very reassuring so uh, yes god bless mums um yeah wonderful Danny means yes and that's you know so you've made me feel very um Christmassy actually so thank you and that's what I which is what we want so I think you just you're absolutely doing the right job Dan by your you know by your own infectious enthusiasm so um yeah so thank you take care my my pleasure and hopefully see you before Christmas that would be lovely Oh, that's even better. Thank you, Dan. Take care then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Jen. Bye. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. Enhance your cheese board with Peter's Yard sourdough crackers this Christmas. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. Thank you so much for listening to A Slice of Cheese. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed it, it would be lovely if you could rate us on wherever you've found this podcast. It will make such a difference to us. So I hope you'll enjoy us again. Thank you very much.